people, we are all the way up in you news. It's another Wednesday with your boys on The Thatch. We discuss the latest and greatest in the beautiful sport of professional wrestling. That's right, people. And I'm by myself, I have my boy with me, GB. What's up? What's up, good brother? How are you, man? And I am well. Good. Good. I'm glad you're well. I, 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 I'm trying to hold back because you achieved a bucket list moment yesterday. <laughs> yes, you showed crazy. up, yeah, like you normally do mm-hmm. at the DDP Yoga Center or Factory, whatever, mm-hmm. and tell me what happened. Yeah, so you know, I I have been uh, taking DDP Yoga since February. Um, my wife got me a super cool birthday gift and I cashed it in and I went really, you know, because we, we've had DDP on the show and, uh, you know, he talked quite a bit about the yoga program there. So um, I figured I'd give it a shot and uh, I've really, really loved it. So I've been pretty faithful there since February, had a bit of a layoff with the baby, of course, but my first week back was last Friday. So I normally go Tuesdays and Fridays. I want to fit a third class in, but schedule really isn't allowing. But anyway, I walked in, you know, registered as normal, got online, and, um, you know, I walked past the office, and uh, in one of the offices, DDP's back was to everyone. He was standing talking to to one of the fellow employees. Did you know it was his back when you saw his back? I did because nobody's as tall as DDP. Wow. Yeah, he was tall, and so... I just thought to myself, oh, my God, that's DDP. Then I could hear him because it wasn't like an enclosed glass or anything. So I heard him and I'm like, oh, my God, it's DDP. Um, and, you know, it's no strange thing for, you know, DDP to show up, obviously. But his schedule is so busy that he doesn't need to be there every day or what have you. And it's funny. I never have caught him before. Usually, you know, everybody else catches him. But I never did. So. Now I'm thinking to myself, okay, don't completely blow it. So let me <laughs> let me just say this, and, and you'll understand. For me, my super comfort level uh, is high when I get around, you know, music stars, etc. Like, I got no problem with that. I've been doing that for 20 years. So that's – but it doesn't matter the scenario. I get around a wrestler and I become a kid again. Bro, I get it. You know, like, you forget what to say. You forget. Like, honestly, I completely forgot he was on our show. Everything went out of my head when I saw him. You didn't tell him he was on the show? Oh, my. This is what I'm saying. Like, I forgot everything. I forgot my name. I didn't even introduce myself my name. I just, you know, he was like, hey. I'm like, hey. And, you know, we talked. And so, you know, he came out. We talked. And then he was talking to another one of the guys, and then he came back and finished talking to me, and he was like, enjoy the workout today. And I was like, I will. I didn't get to tell him how much DDP yoga meant to me. I didn't get to tell him that he was on the show. I didn't tell him anything. So he goes back to the office, and then I'm thinking to myself, dummy, you have a phone. Like, take the picture. So uh, he comes back out, and I figured, you know, I'm very passive when it comes to celebrities because celebrities get bothered all the time. I don't want to be that guy. Um, but he goes, he gets ready to leave. He's talking to other people. And then it hit me. If you don't get this picture, 
So he literally was walking out the door, and I was like, Dallas, do, do you mind if I get a picture with you? He was like, no problem. And so we put up the diamond cutter sign, and and uh, it was pretty crazy. Now, what I didn't tell people in my social media post was he was not the only uh, superstar at the, the, at the uh, PC uh, as uh, Cody Rhodes was there. And uh, Cody, you know, people had said his truck was outside, and, uh, and his truck indeed was outside. What? Uh, when, when, when you say people, that people that show up at the at the uh, DDP Yoga Institute, uh, they understand that about wrestling. Some do, some don't. It's one of the most interesting things. You would figure that all the people who come to uh, DDP Yoga uh, are wrestling fans, but a lot of them aren't. Which says to me that he has officially transitioned into the next phase of his career very, very well. You know, uh, to the fact where people don't, you know, so so all sorts of folks have been at the performance center, and because these folks are more into yoga than wrestling, they have no clue who these guys are. There's a percentage of us that do, but most of them um, who are attending don't. So Cody came in yesterday. He was in the lobby. And uh, I only saw one person take a picture with him. Really? Yeah, because was that one person you? It wasn't. Uh, I was in line, and I didn't want to lose my spot. Um, and then I also didn't want to be that guy to run from you know all the way down the hall to catch Cody to take a picture. So I didn't, um, you know. But I do know that I'm pretty sure they were there on official AEW business. It, and, it, uh, is yeah. Cody your size or or smaller, taller? Give us some. Cody's about my size for sure. Um, he's not super tall, uh, as opposed to DDP, who is tall and lanky. And so uh, DDP's in amazing shape. Oh my lord, he's in amazing shape. Uh, you think I, he can still work a match now? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, because he's flexible enough to. You know, uh. he keeps himself in great shape. So, yeah. But when I tell you guys, at any given point in time, anybody can show up at the DDP Performance Center. So here's a funny story. Uh, the birth, uh, the due date of my son, uh, he was not here yet. And that day, ironically, DDP was scheduled to teach a class, which he hadn't taught a class at the performance center in months. So I had signed up. I had asked Yanni, can I go? And, uh, Yanni had said, well, if the baby's not here, sure. Or if the baby's here, you know, sure, you can go. So it's the due date. The baby's not here. I wanted to go to the class, but we're trying to figure out how do we get this baby here? So, you know, we're doing all kinds of things. We had a doctor's appointment. We um, went to this restaurant that serves as eggplant parmesan that swears that if you eat it, you know, within two days, your baby will be born. So literally that restaurant is maybe two miles from the DDP Performance Center. So we're eating there while class is going on. And I'm like, gosh, I could be DDP and I could take his class, but you know, I don't get to go. Well, I end up getting on social media. Who shows up that day taking the class, but former NXT champion Tomasa Champa? Wow. Yeah. So when I tell you anybody can show up at the performance center, anybody could show up at the performance but center. DDP is responsible. Like that, DDP is oh. their, their breed who's gone from manager 
to wrestler and did it late in his life. Yes, he did. He didn't become a wrestler until like age 38. You know, Very um, true. so it's a it's a significant moment. And he's so well respected because he's literally saved people's lives, um, as we've seen well documented with Scott Hall and Jake the Snake. But, you know, he's also very responsible for Dustin Rhodes uh, really being sober again. Um, he's extended the careers of AJ Styles and Chris Jericho and countless others. So he's well respected and a lot of the wrestlers will come by at any given moment to uh you know to see him to if they're in town they'll take the class it's it's crazy it's crazy i i i myself personally i don't know if i would have handled it well i probably would have fanned out i probably would have done or said something stupid because (laughs) like you i'm good around other celebrities wrestlers not so much i told you when i met titus o'neill was a room full of uh, people that matter and know what matter, but Titus O'Neil. Yeah, and yeah. I probably said the stupidest thing I could say. So, but who cares? It's all good. Hey, the clock attack is back. Brandon Clack, what's up, brother? Man, I was actually doing DDP yoga, guys. I'm sorry I was late. Ah, it's okay. Hey, listen. Stretching. It's and, a great excuse. If doing do diamond it. cutters and yeah. RKOs all at the same time. Yeah, it's a it's a great thing. I guarantee you ever done one ounce of yoga in his life <laughs> not an ounce <laughs> he probably never even been eating yogurt oh that's uh, i used to love yogurt in the 90s that's oh wow that's really really funny, really funny. <laughs> so listen if you guys missed last week's show you missed a good one a lot of people are talking about this show uh as we had uh, our recap of fighter fest from all elite we also talked about the new Raw under the leadership of Paul Heyman, and we gave our predictions for the G1 Climax opener and Impact Wrestling Slammiversary. Go back, check it out. It got heated as it tends to do, and it could happen that way again today. Uh, it's the latest episode of The Faction available wherever it is you get your podcast. So, new week, new show, lots to talk about. Courtney, tell them what's up for this week. Welcome to episode 173 of The Faction right here on Bonafide Radio. We're kicking things off. Off of the G1 Climax. Did you see it? And also Impact Slammiversary. Johnny Impact is a free agent. And we are officially in the Paul Heyman era on Raw. And did you see SmackDown? But before we do any of that, we're going to kick things off with the Root of All Evil, Alistair Black's theme song by CFO. You're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. That's radio the way it's supposed to be. It's me, CGP. The king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion and CEO and founder of DDP Yoga. You're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. And that's not a bad thing. That, my friend, is a good thing. Bang!
We are the faction. One, two, three. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Welcome back to the faction powered by Bonafide Radio. You were just listening to Root of All Evil. That's Alistair Black's theme music, CFO. GB, what kind of news you got for us? Well, we have quite a bit of news to talk about. First of all, let's just say, isn't this an amazing time to be a wrestling fan? I mean, there are more wrestling events happening on a weekly basis than we can remember in quite some time. I can't tell if it's WrestleMania season or what, but really this summer has looked like WrestleMania season relative to all the events that are happening. Last weekend or two weekends ago, we had uh, AEW's Fighter Fest going down. Um, and this weekend, we had two big events happening, one from New Japan, another from Impact Wrestling, both in the city of Dallas. So let's kind of run through what happened, and uh, let's get our takeaways from that. So New Japan Pro Wrestling made uh, their G1 Climax USA debut uh, this past Saturday at the American Airlines Arena for the first time, uh, the G1 Climax opened outside of the United States. And it kicked off with the Gorillas of Destiny, Tama Tonga and Tongaloa, defeating Rapongi 3K. That would be the team of Sho and Yo. Jeff Cobb and Ren Narita defeated Tomohiro Ishii and Shota Umino. Then the Chaos team of Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi defeated the Bullet Club's team of Jay White and Chase Owens. In a six-man tag match, Toru Yano... Juice Robinson and Jushin Thunder Liger defeated the LIJ team of Tetsuya Naito, Shingo Tagaki, and Bushi. Then we get into the opening matches from the A block of the G1 Climax, which saw Lance Archer defeat Will Ospreay. Bad Luck Fale defeated Evil. Sonata upset Zack Sabre Jr. Kenta defeated Kota Ibushi. And in the main event, Kazuchika Okada, the IWGP heavyweight champion, defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi. All right, guys, what are your thoughts on the opening of the G1 Climax in Dallas? I thought it was gutsy. I, yes. I thought it was gutsy. I'll tell you one other thing I thought was gutsy. A few other things that I thought were gutsy. Well, I'll go there now. You know, I love production from the production standpoint. Quite gutsy to and lights up for the crowd around the ring. Mm-hmm. I mean, they never went dark. They just said, we're going to let you see. But sadly, people were there. So there wasn't much to see for empty seats. Folks showed up in the American Airlines arena and were in the building. I don't know what the final count was, though. Yeah. Because I know it, I'm, I'm looking at the hard cam and it looks kind of full. I went looking for the final count and I couldn't find it, although I'm sure that number is around somewhere. But we are definitely going to address uh the production in terms of seating and like we're definitely gonna well that. okay so 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 I'm, I'm looking at 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 it of course the top layers empty the seats behind the uh the uh screen empty everything on the hard cam looks full uh so they have the left and the right and we cannot see the hard cam side but I'm shocked this many people showed up only one thousand talk about anniversary so clearly they did much well, okay, I'm I'm assuming I tried to piece together what you just said. You said something like 1,000 people showed up for Slammiversary. Is that right? Yeah. Well, here's yeah. the deal. Here's what you and I both know after having attended um, the early pay-per-view uh, back in January for Impact. Impact is smart. 
they're not getting into buildings that they cannot sell out. So they decided to do this event in a smaller venue, which seated a thousand. It was a sold out situation. They're not trying to play to larger crowds. So I think it was a smart move on Impact. It's not new to Impact. Uh, really, they've been doing a lot of smaller venues. When we were in Nashville, uh, they did the Asylum there, the Nashville Fairgrounds, which was a relatively small venue. Um, they've been doing that, which I think is wise on their part and a recognition of where they are. So, uh, yeah, that's interesting. But and yeah. let me go with one more thing. One more thing that was very gutsy. Lance Archer ending his match with Will Ospreay with the very famous Dallas Von Erich Claw. Yes. Very cool. Yes. Very, very cool indeed. Indeed. Clack, did you get to check out any of uh, G1 Climax? And if so, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I checked out something uh, related to it. Uh, it wasn't really gutsy. It was more crappy than ah. that. Oh, there was a scheduled star that's dirty that didn't show up. And oh, he decided to say that he wasn't coming because the G1 Classic wasn't on his radar. Although the company had scheduled to have him wrestle there live in Dallas, he decides, and I quote, I found a way to get out of it. Sounds like typical Dirty Dean to me, finding a way to get out of something because he doesn't have the heart to participate. And as great and grander as you two say this up-and-coming promotion is, look who decides to stiff someone again. Well, clap. Look, me... look at you running into the dirt sheets. Well, I'm just so... I'm, I'm, but see... I'm, I'm both, I'm, I don't know. I'm both excited and appalled. Well, and, 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 and if you're going to get a dirt sheet... Get a correct one, okay? Here's why Here's why John Moxley was not present at the G1 Climax. It had nothing to do with him not wanting to be there. It, there were two things involved. Number one, he's part of the B block and not the A block. So that's the first thing. But bigger than that, he is signed, of course, to both New Japan and All Elite. And as part of that deal, All Elite has, is, has his exclusive U.S. rights. So if he's going to show up at a promotion in the U.S., a major promotion, it's got to be All Elite. And so as part of that deal, he did not show up because that would have conflicted with his All Elite deal. But rest assured, this Saturday, when the B Block goes down uh, for their premiere in Japan, he will be present. So that was much more of a business decision than uh, him not wanting to be a part. That's crazy. Get your dirt sheets right. But I'm if, just reading the quote. Well, again, <laughs> the quote says, if, "If I found a way, not have to be there." Let I'm me add, let me quote. let me let me just tell you this, Clack. If the National Enquirer had a quote from Brandon Clack, would you believe this them? This isn't the National Enquirer. Who this is? is it's uh, a dirt sheet. A guy named Met, Met, Metz, Metzer. Oh, Metzler, Metzler. <laughs> Whoever that is, I don't know. If, if this were ESPN around the horn, I would actually give you a point. If this were ESPN around the horn, I'd give you like five points just for running to the dirt seat. Oh, oh Lord. Well, I, one of the things that I did. That's so funny. I actually watch that show from time to time. Do you really? I do. From time to time, I do. Um, We should get an around the horn for wrestling. That would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. Um, So, relative to New Japan, uh, I certainly, first of all, I thought the action was fantastic. 
I thought amazing the, matches man, all man oh from start to finish every match was really outstanding but i like you was a bit perplexed at the production you know even when they were in madison square garden they had great lighting um they didn't keep the lights up all the time even though they did want you to see that amazing crowd um the crowd was definitely a lot more full uh than in dallas you know what it made me feel like, and you can relate to this, Courtney, for sure. You probably can too, Clack. Remember when um, World Class would do their Night of Champions or their big massive cards uh, in the oh, yeah. Texas Stadium? And oh, yeah. Texas Stadium was, would just engulf them. But, you know, it felt large because it was Texas Stadium, even though you had thousands of empty seats. I yeah. thought that New Japan would be smarter than to show the camera shots that you know showed the black part of the stage and you see the rest of it. Oh, they didn't care. Oh, it was terrible. They were the church who goes live with only three people and fifty empty seats. Yeah, it was. It was just. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe yeah, that they, they didn't they, have lighting they didn't to support that or anything. So, that, well, yeah, I don't know. The people that didn't show up missed a good one because I honestly don't believe that uh, 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 Okada and Tanahashi can have a bad match. And no. they had a tremendous match. Well, uh, let's go back to Lance Archer and Will Ospreay. That was a great match. That was a fantastic match. Like, everybody came to play. So, yeah. to me, the issue with what happened with New Japan was not in-ring performance. Because in-ring was absolutely fantastic. Like, they had great stuff happening. I just don't know, number one, if Dallas was the right city um, to do that. I don't know if the time for it was good because it started at 5 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Eastern. Interestingly enough, it was broadcast live on Access TV. So I would have thought all the more reason why they would put money into production, etc., etc., and they did not. Um, the other thing that was interesting to me was that they announced a Northeastern tour that's coming uh, this fall, end of September, which uh, they're going to be in Boston, New York, and in Philly. And the arenas that they're going to indicate to me that they are making some moves that are a bit more realistic with where they are. They're going to be at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York, which was a, a home for ECW and Ring of Honor. And uh, speaking of ECW, they're going to ECW's old stomping grounds, the 2300 Arena, uh, when they're in Philly for this East Coast tour coming in September. So congratulations to them. They're continuing their expansion. And um, I still say New Japan right now is far ahead of Ring of Honor, who's having their own share of challenges. But New Japan wasn't the only big event happening uh, this weekend as Impact Wrestling brought a Slammiversary 17 as they celebrate 17 years of Impact Wrestling. And it got very, very interesting. It kicked off with a uh, fatal four-way that saw Willie Mack defeat Jake Crist, TJP, and Trey. Yes, TJP, TJ Perkins, formerly uh, of WWE, is back in Impact Wrestling. The Impact Tag Team Championships were on the line as the North, who defeated LAX on Friday out of nowhere, uh, they retained their titles by defeating LAX and the Rascals. In the first blood match, Eddie Edwards defeated Killer Cross. 
Moose defeated RVD. In the Knockouts Championship Fatal 4-Way, Monsters Ball, Taya Valkyrie retained her title, defeating Havoc, Sue Young, and Rosemary. The X Division Championship saw Rich Swan defeat Johnny Impact in what many are calling a a match of the year candidate for sure the impact world championship saw brian cage retain against michael elgin and yes i'm saying this it was the main event an intergender match between sammy callahan and tessa blanchard that saw sammy callahan walk away the winner in the first intergender main event match for a pay-per-view in the u.s pretty incredible did you guys check out anything from uh slammiversary and if so what were your thoughts I didn't. I got a chance. I'd probably like to read the dirt sheets and to see a few things. I watched a few highlights on YouTube. I, I, I will say this. Uh, for for as the night was, I am absolutely shocked in the intergender match in 2019. <laughs> I, 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 it is. It is shocking. I'm saying that I feel one way or the other about it. Because I, I, listen, I'm the guy calling for Rick and Charlotte in the first, first blood match. But I'm still shocked. <laughs> The, the, why are you giggling over there, Clack? He's just over I'm, there. I'm, gig- gig- I, I'm giggling because this intergender match is reminding me that after church on Sunday, I forced all of my family around as if I was giving out my final blessing. I forced every member of the Clack family to watch highlight reels as I perused through all Monday Night Raws looking for Mae Young getting thrown through tables. Oh, wow. <laughs> and what did wow. your family think about it? They were, they couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. They were just, they were blown away. Noah was like, that grandma, that grandma got put through a table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Christabel mm-hmm. wanted to know how her body could take that punishment. So, mm-hmm. you know, I forced them all to, to relive. I mean, what an amazing, never mind. No. Oh, here mm-hmm. you go. I for, listen, I forgot that, that there were no intergender matches. They were just Dudley boys wreaking havoc well, on May Young. No, there was an intergender <laughs> match, um, and I can't believe you forgot it. But Jeff, I mean, China, Jeff Jarrett versus China for the Intercontinental Championship, which was yeah, but his, we didn't really that was intergender or not back then. Shame on you, Courtney <gasps> Beard. Courtney, wow. see how do you, <laughs> Courtney, how do you go from? I'm not going to speak on an intergender match main eventing in 2019 to saying what you just said. Shame. Because oh my back God. in the back in the 90s and the 2000s, we didn't we didn't have as many filters, okay? So We do now. Uh, well, so you're going to just throw uh, your filter well, well, away we, now? Yes, but but I was speaking from the standpoint oh my of my perspective God. then. Oh my now, God. Oh my when it comes God. to intergender matches, I don't know. So so let's ask the question because, you know, Impact Wrestling certainly uh, made history, but I don't know, and a lot of people don't they know. They almost made the news with that intergender match. Well, the intergender – no, the, it, it was a violent match. Let's just be clear. It was a violent match. I mean, women getting hit with bats – um, mm. like it, it was, it was, I mean, even saying it makes me uncomfortable. Um, this sounds like my uncle's pain Fridays. So, so <gasps> but well, here's the question. This is the question. Do we think in this 2019 me too culture where, you know, right now a congressman 
actually submitted this idea that the U.S. men's soccer team should not be paid until the women's soccer team gets equal billing and equal pay. In this fight for equality between the genders, was it right to have an intergender match? Main event a pay-per-view, let alone even happen. Man, I think if she's if she wants to get into the ring, who am I to stop her? Equality's here. Clack, what do you think? I agree with Courtney, but that is not how society will see it. They're going to say that she has to go through extremes. There were no other men matches where it was men on men getting hit with bats. <laughs> and and I will and I will garner their attention for two hours to show them. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> listen, if she ain't getting uh, chaired in the head like Rock did, then what are we talking about? So I, I'm, I'm torn. Because as you, no, I'm about to tell you if you would just shut up. Um, here's the thing. I'm torn because as I think back on that card, um, really the most violent matches of the night involved women. There was the Monsters Ball match, um, which is a match that was created by Abyss, which is supposed to be kind of, you know, TLC meets hardcore on steroids. And it was between four women um, with only one of them that even remotely resembled uh, what many would consider a traditional woman in pro wrestling. Meaning the other three were very dark characters, um, you know, from the underworld at times. It was really quite crazy to see what was happening. And in that particular match... You had women getting thrown on thumbtacks, going through tables. Um, you had all sorts of really crazy things happening there. Um, I just think in 2019, a couple of things. Number one, I will say Impact Wrestling must not be looking for major sponsorship. Because if you're looking for sponsorship... If you're looking for commercialization, if you're looking for someone to come sponsor your product with lots of money, you're not going to main event and have a man versus a woman in a violent match where the man wins, right? So that that's one thing. The other thing which became incredibly uncomfortable is watching a man kick a woman, watching a man hit a woman, watching a man physically abuse a woman is just very difficult and weird to watch and i understand that impact wrestling um has always been trying to figure out their niche and get people to talk you know you go back a couple of years ago they introduced the movie matches with matt hardy which kind of took them to a new level um and they've always tried to push the envelope i'm not sure that this was the right move is Tessa Blanchard tough? Absolutely she is. Sammy Callahan is one of the craziest men in the world of pro wrestling. And intergender matches aren't exactly new. I mean, you go to Lucha Underground, they had been doing that for a minute, etc. But I just don't think I'm comfortable with violence between men and women. Um, I, it, it doesn't feel right because I wouldn't want any guy that I know beating up on any woman. <laughs> 
He's slung her into the into the rails. Yo, I'm telling you, it was it, it was he it slung was, her, and then he and then he power bombed on the cement. Okay, wait. So here's the messed up part, Courtney. You are laughing at a woman being power bombed into the cement. Okay, it, it, and you and you want to know why GB and Clack? You better have my back on this. She stepped in the ring. No, Courtney. Courtney, listen. When when a woman, if if a woman slaps a man, right? We are if, if we're outside of the wrestling ring, if we're at Disney, if we're in our own houses, if a woman slaps. Oh God, I'm 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 actually mortified that you're laughing at this. So here's what I'm gonna do for my own sanity and for the sanity of this show. We're gonna take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk uh, about another major move by a woman as uh, a WWE superstar graces the cover of ESPN magazine for the first time ever. And it's not a man. We'll talk about who or maybe it is the man. Hmm. We'll talk about that. NWO is celebrating a birthday and we got to get into Raw and SmackDown. And why did Booker T pull out a star cast? We'll talk about all of that and more. But right now, let's go to some music as we celebrate the birthday of the NWO. It's the NWO Wolfpack theme song coming from Jimmy Hart and Howard Helm featuring C-Murder. You've got it locked to the faction powered by Bonnerfied Radio. This is a total package Lex Luger and you are turned into the faction. Wind 
And now an announcement. Ladies and gentlemen. Look, everyone. Belle and Ebenezer are in love. No, silly. Is in the building. You can now listen to Bonafide Radio, courtesy of our new mobile app. Available for the iPod, iPad, and iPhone. Come on, you can do Find it. out the latest news, check out our podcast, or listen to us live. Listen. Right now on your phone. Oh, yeah. Download the app today via the iTunes App Store by searching for Bonafide Radio or at iPhone.bonafideradio.com. I'm living in that 21st century. We got something to say. Listen. Would you like to take your business or service to the next level? Yeah. Consider adding Bonafide Radio to your marketing plan. Can't wait. We will gladly share your product with our listeners in a creative, efficient, affordable, and professional manner. This is so gnarly. For more information, scroll to the bottom of our website and click advertise uh-huh. or email us directly at sales at getbonafide.com. I know you're going to dig this. This is Tracy Lynn, and I want you to take a journey with me through the jazzy side of Bonafide Radio. Every Tuesday at 2 p.m., tune in to Melodic Grooves right here on GetBonafide.com or via the Bonafide Radio app. Bonafide Radio, radio the way it's supposed to be. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Welcome back to the faction powered by Bonfire Radio. You were just listening to the NWO theme music, and that's all that matters because GB and Courtney are having a heavyweight bout. Yeah, we are. We were continuing to talk about some things during the break, and I said, let's just stop. Let's just have the conversation on air as we continue to talk about uh, this Main event from Impact Wrestling, Sammy Callahan versus Tessa Blanchard. Really, a lot of the wrestling world is talking about it. And uh, it's the optics. There are areas and elements of concern. Uh, Courtney was watching clips during the break. And would you like to share what you said, Courtney? Don't check it out now. Yes, I said that this is a very good match. And I said, and you, you said, I can't believe whatever, whatever. And I said, this is equality right here. She wanted to step into the ring with one of the guys. She wanted to test her wits and test her strengths. So when she tested them, Tessa got tested. And then he slung her around, DDP'd her a little bit. She got her moves in too. Hit her with a bat. She hit him with the bat. I mean, it looks like equality to me in wrestling. You, 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 okay, listen, listen. We want equality in the world of sports and in the world of, of, you know, corporate America. First and foremost, corporate America will always be different than sports. Here's why. Because in corporate America, you are not expected to physically exert yourself to be able to have any sort of advance. So when we're talking about the world of sports, no, equality is not women playing men on the basketball court. We don't want to see less Lisa Leslie well, there's versus There's some little LeBron girl out there James. that wants to be the first woman NBA player. No, but no. See, there's the WNBA for that. There is, you know, we don't want to see Layla Ali versus Mike Tyson. We don't want to see that. There are levels of, we have to be able to respect 
women and respect the fact that there are differences between women and men. Should they both be paid equally for doing the same job? Yes. But I don't think it... But they just can't do it together. Well, no, 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 no. Here's the thing, right? (laughs) Maybe it's the men that don't have equality. No, here's the deal. Here's the deal. This is the reason why there was controversy about Nyla Rose in All Elite Wrestling as an in, in as a transgender woman fighting other women but being born as a man you still have the physical strength and the physical build of a man which in most scenarios will be something that's bigger and larger and stronger than that of a woman. And so it's just not it, it automatically puts the woman at a disadvantage if you're talking about a physical competition not to mention the level of violence that we're talking about here and it just bothers me that you know we can talk about equality and we think that equates to a man beating up on a woman in no place is that equality or is that acceptable even in the world of pro wrestling and if it were you'd see wwe doing it but wwe the picture of corporate correctness or at least their attempts they'll have a a mixed tag match where the men fight the men and the women fight the women here's why like it or lump it in society the reason why it's okay and it's not okay but we accept a woman hitting a man is because a man is generally stronger than a woman so it's a statement that the weak person gets a chance to get one up we don't want our men running around beating up on women it's a bad example it's not well, not right. in real life but we also don't want not not men re- hitting up the men with the bat so are you but did you just did you just call the world of wrestling not real life you should be fired from that show watch your answer no that's this is what I'm saying. If I come up and hit you with a baseball bat, I go to jail. But in the world of wrestling, it's okay. If I challenge you to a brawl for it all in the cage and in, in regular life, then that's not okay. But if I do it in wrestling, I'm okay. GB, if they step into the ring, they know what's going to happen. They knew they signed up for a first blood match. Let me help they you knew with they signed no, up. This is, this is, and this is where you're wrong again. Because if what you were saying was true, then they wouldn't have separate divisions in MMA and the UFC for men and women. Period. But one, but, but, but one day they may not. Courtney, you were out of your mind, Courtney. You were absolutely, And you still listen to R. Kelly, I'm sure. Oh, you got quiet now, but you do. I know you do, and that's why because you I, really. I, internet, I guess I'm struggling. You really don't care oh, about women. Tell the truth, Separate mean equal. Excuse I'm me. I'm struggling because I don't know how to make separate mean equal, and I'm struggling now. I wasn't before, but GB, through your intelligent discourse, you have now proven to me that nothing is equal, and no one will ever be happy. Well, here's the deal. I maybe maybe equal, So then what are you fighting for? Maybe equality is not what we should be fighting for. Because the truth of That's it is That's what they're fighting we, for. Well, no 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 no. Don't well, do they that. Don't, really want don't, equality. don't do don't do that. Don't do no, that. No, no. They don't really because want equal. You know why you can't do that? Because the reason you can't do that is the same reason they'll say the same thing and say, well, that's what they're fighting for when they're talking about people of color relative to equality. Don't do that. Uh, so what are we it's fighting? Definitely different, though. 
what do you mean by it's different? It's disenfranchised people. It's people who have to fight against a society and a system that puts something and someone else in a position of advantage. What do you mean by it's different? It's the same thing. Uh, I guess I'm looking at it from a sports context, which is what even, I thought we were talking even, about. Well, even in a sport, well, first <laughs> of all, how can first you how can you expect the women's soccer team to get paid as much as the men's soccer team if they don't draw the same audience? So here's the question. Here's the question. Right. The question now becomes: Why don't they draw the same audience? Uh, the talent range is different. It has nothing to do with their genitalia. Ask me how oh many. Ask Lord. me. Are ask you serious? Ask I'm not me. going to a WNBA game, and it ain't got nothing. Yeah, ask me how many WNBA games I went to when when the, when the stars were here. One, that ticket was free, and when I went and sat on the fir- first row, I understood why the ticket was free. So, are you saying? And so the truth is, if I had to choose, if I want to go look at ten men running around or ten women, normally I choose to go look at ten women. Is normally much different. It's much yeah. different. I'm sorry. It this has nothing a, to do with you having babies, and I can't. This is a very scary conversation. It's not scary, GP. It, it it's, is, it's reality. It is, true. It is there, there, a scary. There is a huge difference between the quality. Well, first of all, let's talk about this. If we're gonna go there, right? If we're talking about the difference between men and women in sports, if you since you use the. Uh, WNBA versus NBA situation. First and foremost, the NBA is older. Number one. Number two, the NBA has set the template for what many believe basketball should look like. Right? So, because and, and, and watch this. This is where it becomes unfair. So, because most men are taller and stronger than women. Number one, because just just, just, listen, listen to me, listen to me. Since they're taller and stronger than women, they are able to do varying things with basketball than a woman can. All right. Which is why it took many, many, many years. And we only saw the first professional dunk by a woman just a few years back. Okay, so if you take a league like the NBA, which is built not solely matter of fact, you call defensive games boring, but you look at a game that has a lot of high action and and you have you have you have defensive games boring. Oh, many people have called defensive games boring. You like high scoring. You like high scoring games. You like lots of activity. If you took away the slam dunk from basketball you took away the fast break from basketball would the nba still be as popular yes because the nba is would popular not. right now because of the three-point shot that, no 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 don't do it that absolutely is. Oh my God. it absolutely is the, oh the three-point God. shot is the oh new slam dunk it is the, oh my god okay and so how did we get to this point See you, you. You know what, Courtney? That's the problem the with truth, you. GB. For somebody who supposedly knows no, the history GB, of the game, GB, no, you're no, 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 no. You have walked into the wrong alley. No, listen, listen I mean, to completely. me. Completely, you listen. got a dark alley right now, Reverend. Yeah, GB. Let me just, pull, pull out, no. GB. 
three-point shot. Down, the the three, three, quality no, stuff. If you don't believe Steph me. Curry is smaller, slower, and that's why America is in love with him. Because Not because he, he is the average run, American. But how did – okay, so you're going to completely deny the fact that we got to this point because at one point, and still to this day, the, the super highlight reel is dealing with – the fast break is dealing with the slam dunk because that's no. way more entertaining to people. No, oh no. The new God. thing oh. is the three-point shot, GB. Wait, the new th- – okay, I'm not talking about the new thing. I said what got us here, okay? What let's got go us here go was guys let's- in the 60s and 70s who weren't dunking, playing great basketball, oh, which garnered Lord. attention, and, and then Magic Johnson – Magic Johnson, who wasn't a dunker, had a story against Larry Bird, who wasn't a dunker, who had a story. Oh, okay. And so, then so guys gonna, like Michael Jordan oh came along God. with Dominique Wilkins oh and can throw it down with Daryl right. Rose. But, but and we saw the rise of the NBA from the 80s and 90s because of fast breaks and dunks. Don't no, act like that didn't happen. But, there, no, but there's baby. never been basketball without fast breaks. That's like... Trying to take body slams, suplexes, oh uh, leg locks away from wrestling. You, you, basketball is a game you don't walk. Yeah, and you were winning for a little while. Then you went no, down the wrong alley. You know what? You know what? Here's what we need to do. What we need to do, even do is to have a bunch of other things to talk about. Everybody knows so you're the need... valedictorian. No, you know what? Shut up. So you just let the, the listeners down, GP. I did you run it. So, you run it. So we have a couple of things to talk about. First of all, the NWO has turned 23, which is pretty amazing Woo. when you think it's been 23 years since uh, the formation of the NWO. Um, what also is interesting, uh, this guy was part of the NWO, though really it was more so the WWE's NWO versus the WCW's NWO. Booker T, six-time world champion, Two-time Hall of Famer got into a bit of uh, controversy this week. The controversy surrounded uh, StarCast 3. StarCast 3, which is coming uh, the end of August alongside, of course, All Out from All Elite Wrestling. So Booker T was promoted as being part of StarCast 3, but then he swiftly pulled out, and it caused a lot of people to ask the question, was this WWE's doing? You know, did WWE cause him to pull out? Well, let's talk about what Booker T actually said as to why he withdrew from StarCast 3. So apparently, um, many said there was a conflict between AEW and WWE. Uh, Conrad Thompson, who's the promoter of StarCast 3, denied that report and said it was inaccurate. Booker T on his podcast called Hall of Fame this week, here's what he said. He said he made the decision not to attend another StarCast because he did participate in StarCast 2 during Double or Nothing weekend. He made the decision not to participate because he still works with WWE. He didn't feel right at appearing at StarCast while working with WWE. He said WWE didn't pull him from the show. But here's perhaps the biggest part of this, which was really, really crazy. He said that he received a text message from Conrad Thompson asking if he would be a part. And this is what he said. He said, Conrad texted me a date that he wanted me to do an autograph signing. 
and the autograph signing was August the 31st. He says that date was in Chicago. He told me all of that, but what he didn't tell me was that it was StarCast. I didn't know it was StarCast, and I didn't find out uh, it was StarCast until one of his co-hosts texted him and asked, are you doing StarCast? Because they are advertising him as part of StarCast. So, basically what we have here is a wee bit of false advertising, a bait and switch perhaps, that happened between Conrad Thompson and Booker T. I want to ask this question. What do you think about this whole StarCast situation and perhaps baiting and switching Booker T? What do you believe here? What I just read to you, uh, or what I just told you, came from Booker T and his own account of what happened. I think WWE pulled him. That's exactly what I think happened. I think it's, it's what we've been seeing happening over the last few months. Ever since AEW's come out, we've seen guys who were supposed to be at StarCast no longer be at StarCast. And then you've seen them get this kind of push, if you will, in their WWE roles. So I think WWE did what they've done with so many. Undertaker, other people, pulled them. Clack, do you think WWE pulled them, or do you think that Conrad uh, kind of pulled the wool over Booker T's eyes? Uh, I think the only way we'll find out the truth is for Booker T to show us the text message. Well, because documentation oh. beats interpretation. Oh. Every well, day. here's the deal. It's funny that, oh. that you say that because Booker T actually did pull out the text messages um, to basically show the people. Uh, while he was on the podcast, are this screenshot so proof? GB Booker T has proof. Did you see them? I haven't personally seen them, but I can Who tell you this. To? I can tell you this: uh, the podcast situation is on YouTube, so you can go on YouTube. And so he held the vi- phone up to the to it the screen. Is a video and- of Booker T uh. having this conversation. So okay, you can but, but but G. Did, did did he did they do a zoom in so I, I didn't could watch read? that? I don't know. I didn't I didn't I didn't watch that, so I don't know. Booker's lying. I can't Which well, Booker, how Hey, how listen, you... if Booker heard me say that, he punched me in the face. Well here here's the problem with that, Courtney. <laughs> that, Courtney that's serious. That Courtney, I would say you were right if Booker didn't do Starcast uh at double or nothing. He got he attacked. Did, he he did. finally his Wi-Fi finally turned on him. What? What are you talking about? I can hear you guys perfectly. What are you talking about? Maybe our Wi-Fi turn on us. Maybe it did because I hear you guys and see you guys perfectly fine. Nothing ever happened. Nothing changed. So maybe it just bounced on you. Your joint came through like the gobbledygooper. Nah, man. So here's the deal. Hey, but I would it with a chair. I would believe you if he didn't do Starcast Two. And why that's significant is because StarCast 2 is the same StarCast that Taker didn't do that he was supposed to do, that Kurt Angle was supposed to do that he didn't do. If that were the case, Vince would have pulled Booker as well. But he didn't. But Booker on his own said afterwards, I'm not doing another StarCast because I feel like it's conflict of interest. I think it's whack that they're calling the con- uh, Unless WWE is going to start promoting podcasts more, then I think it's whack that they won't let them be a part of this basically Comic-Con or wrestling. Well, but here's the deal, right? The star cast piece 
it's not just attending. If someone like a Booker T is going, Booker T is also going to be somehow involved in a panel of some sort, etc. Think about this. Jerry the King Lawler was involved. Um, and he's going back for StarCast 3. And Jerry Lawler was involved in a whole uh, topic of conversation and panel with JR uh, at StarCast. So, I mean. That was a very good conversation. Yeah, so what I'm saying, and, and he wore a WWE shirt. So, I'm just saying, like, I. I don't know. I, I don't know that I believe all of this. Everybody's getting pulled by Vince if there are people that are clearly being allowed to go. We'll <sighs> see, man, because it, it looks fishy to me. But I think Conrad Murray would, would, would dupe him. I don't think Conrad has anything to win. First of all, by duping him. First of all, I need you to get your name straight because it's Conrad Thompson. <laughs> Conrad Murray is the guy who killed Michael Jackson. Let's be clear on that. <laughs> And Man. if anything, you should know that. Listen, or that, maybe he came and you killed your Wi Fi. Maybe he came and killed your Wi Fi. I just exposed my level of unforgiveness. Shame on you. Shame on you. Well, maybe maybe you forgive him Monday fight night. Conrad Murray in a street fight in well, a first blood match. That'd be fine. Both he of you are you with a syringe. <laughs> Man, if he pulled me, y'all come get me. If he pulled me, y'all come get me. Let's quickly head over to our Monday Night Raw recap because there's lots to talk about relative to Raw and SmackDown. And we'll do that after the break. Right now, though, let's go ahead and get some music right now coming from uh, Bianca Belair's theme song from CFO. It's called Watch Me Shine. You've got it locked to the faction powered by Bonnerfied Radio. What's up, guys? This is Mark here, the world's strongest man, and you're tuned in to the faction. I'm on my own against the wall. The pressure's building, but no, I will never fall. Instead of crying, they hear me roar. And now I see that I'm way better than before. I never needed you at all. Think I'm Do it. 
way better than before I never needed you at all Think I fall down, I'ma watch you fall down I'm living large now Domingo Mijo. Born Stanley Martin Lieber in New York City in 1922, Lee entered the comic book world as a teenage assistant in 1939. Stanley Lieber was the Joe Jackson of comic books. Mm, I don't even know how to feel about that. Yeah, just, I, I almost think he was greater than a Joe Jackson. I don't know, ain't nobody greater than Joe Jackson now. Wait a minute. That's when you messed up. No, 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 Why you did that? Why you did that? I don't know why you did that, GB. Why you did that? Oh, Lord. Stan Lee had a whole universe down in, in his head, in his, in his mind. <laughs> The remix on Bonafide Radio. We hear Thursdays, 2 p.m. Eastern. Here on Bonafide Radio. Radio the way it's supposed to be. Exclusively on the remix. Don't miss it. Don't miss it at all. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Welcome back to the faction. This is Brandon, powered by Bonafide Radio, and you were just listening to Bianca Belair. Man, I'm sorry, y'all. That stupid Doomsday Cage and Arn Anderson has thrown. Don't, <laughs> don't disrespect. Do not, dude. Don't disrespect. You ruined me. He ruined me when he said Arn and, Anderson. And and, oh, and don't disrespect the gangster either. Oh I, lord! I saw that oh. dumb Z gang with gangster in his hair. We're, we're gonna have to do a completely because this is worthy of its own separate episode. I wanna do a separate podcast about WCW. Did WCW actually? Excuse me. Did Eric Bischoff actually create anything? That would be good. It's gonna me. be a separate podcast because. We literally could dovetail on, on that now. Uh, and while we wait for Eric Bischoff to take the realm of uh, SmackDown, we're going to go over to Raw, which is currently in its second week under the uh, auspicious leadership of Paul Heyman. We find out what happened this week, courtesy of our Raw recap by the guy feigning to be the WCW, excuse me, the NWA World Television Champion, Courtney Beard. WWE Raw was live from the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey, when things kicked off with the Universal Champion Seth Rollins and Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch defeating Andrade and Zelina Vega in a mixed tag elimination match. And if you start, that trash talk actually started on Twitter. The Men's and the Usos defeated the Raw Tag Team Champions of Revival it's in a two out of three falls match. Bob Ashley defeated Rey Mysterio in an open challenge. 
Cesaro defeated No Way Jose. The Viking Raiders defeated Colin Justin and Devin John. United States champion Ricochet defeated Luke and Carla Anderson. Drake Maverick survived the night as the seven champion. Nikki Cross the SmackDown Women's Champion Bailey in a beat the clock challenge to choose the stipulation for Bailey versus Alexa Bliss at the Extreme Rules. And Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre defeated Roman Reigns and a very familiar Gary the Goat Garbutt. GB, Brandon Clack, what did you think of Monday Night Raw? Clack, I defer to you. And my first question to you is, how do you feel about the second Raw of the Paul Heyman era? I really enjoyed it. Okay. Um, it wasn't as on the edge of my seat as the first one, mm-hmm. but I didn't expect it to be. I, I think that's unrealistic expectations to demand that with uh, today's talent. But uh, I really did enjoy it. Um, I enjoyed uh, our masked athletic hero uh, at the end. Uh, I thought that was really cool, although he got kicked in the mouth real hard mm-hmm. and his mouth was full of blood. Mm-hmm. Um I, you know, I'm still going to be a huge advocate for Cesaro. I mean, I can't stand No Way Jose, but he made No Way Jose look like the second coming of Carlito. I mean, that, so I, I mean, Cesaro is the man. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I think Heyman is doing well, and I think he's got a great pace for where he's trying to take Raw. Um, I definitely was not as overwhelmed by Monday Night Raw last week as I was this week. Um, I have a couple of questions and concerns, but, but, but before I even go there, I will say this. If there is anything that makes me feel good, it's the fact that I know that Paul Heyman is committed to long-term storylines. He's committed to not just giving us something for the moment, but something that we'll be talking about for a while. So with that said... Um, you know, as I'm watching certain things being birthed and I'm watching certain opportunities happen, you know, I'm trying to keep that in mind. So, for instance, I think Andrade is a, fir- a future world champion. He's certainly a former NXT champion. And I think we see more of why he was NXT champion now than when he was champion. This guy is just downright amazing. And he's incredible yeah. against anybody he battles. Would I like to see him and Seth Rollins get a chance to go for a while? Absolutely. I also thought about this. That match should have been allowed to be more competitive. But the idea right now is pushing this whole Becky-Seth thing going into a pay-per-view. So, we, you know, I, I, I give him that, right? Um, I still think the Viking Raiders are being uh, used very well. Uh, they are a dominant team. I like seeing what's happening with them. Um, I do think as of right now, the two out of three falls match is being grossly overused. Um, to me, it's like having a cage match every week. Like when you do that, you lose the impact of the cage match. And I think we've lost the impact of the two out of three falls match. With that said, one other thing that I'm hoping will happen sooner than later is a decision as to are we going to have separate rosters for Raw and SmackDown or not? Because as of right now, we have the same storylines pretty much happening across both shows, which if that's the case, there is no need for there to be 
separate Raw or SmackDown rosters if every week on both shows we're talking about Shane McMahon and Roman Reigns. We're talking about Becky Lynch. Uh, well, be- yeah, Becky's on both shows at this point. We're talking about um, this whole Bailey and uh, Bailey and and that whole situation. You know, it, it just seems like it's a lot that's happening on both shows that it's the same thing, you know, as opposed to two different shows, two different groups of people, two different stories. Um, yeah, and and I gotta ask the question. This is the second or third week without a full-on Firefly Funhouse. What's up with that? So, I'm not as overwhelmed by by Monday Night Raw, um, but I do see elements of potential that they can work with. And to see Cedric Alexander show up in the main event uh, was kind of cool, too. So, go ahead. Yeah. I totally agree. Seeing Cedric's show was was amazing. And here's a little little known Memphis fact. Gary Garbutt on WWE was none other than Memphis Express's team president and former Memphis Tiger defensive back, Coach Irby. So there's a little Memphis connection for Clack. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Little all. known fact. <clears throat> wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. You, you know, now, I don't want to be super sensitive when I say this. Uh oh! But I did go for, first of all. If you're gonna do something, commit all the way to it, right? So the gentleman that the, here's where I'm going. The gentleman, first of all, I did not like the fact that they had a black man as a janitor. Didn't like that. But if you're gonna commit to it, commit all the way. Uh, shout out to the production team who clearly messed this up, as they had that gentleman pushing. A, a mop with the the canister or whatever that the, the water's supposed to be in, but there was no water in there. It was completely dry. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, guys, really? If At a gonna... basic level, get continuity together. Yeah, just put water in. Water doesn't cost that much. You can commit to the gimmick. So yeah. that, that was, I, I didn't like that. And um, my Shane McMahon problem thankfully gets addressed on SmackDown, which I'll deal with in a second. But what do you think of Raw, Courtney? You know what? I thought it was a healthy week to a Paul. Man, did you? Paul Heyman is over. Did you oh, see? very over. Clack, did you have any additional thoughts on Monday Night Raw? You know, I think Vince is a visionary. And in doing so, like you all have been begging him to do, He's turning over the reins a little bit. No pun intended, Roman. But I, I, I think this is what Raw needed. And uh, I, I think Raw is going to go much further than we all hoped it would. I really do. Okay. Well, let's switch gears and head to SmackDown last night, which took place from the SNHU Arena in Manchester, New Hampshire. And uh, it started off in a really unpredictable fashion. Kevin Owens and Dolph Ziggler in the parking lot. A parking lot brawl ensues. Ensues. Kevin Owens is thrown out of SmackDown only for him to come in and interrupt the opening and just pretty much give us a nice shoot on Shane McMahon, which has effectively in two full weeks turned Kevin Owens into a full-fledged fan favorite. 
Shane McMahon cuts his mic, kicks him out of the building. And then we get one of my favorite kind of matches, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Finn Balor on SmackDown. First time happening on SmackDown. Certainly not the first time it's happened, period. We remember their battle in NXT where Shinsuke Nakamura won that match and the result remained the same. Shinsuke Nakamura gets his first win in months defeating the Intercontinental Champion Finn Balor. Bailey and Nikki Cross signed the contract for the SmackDown Women's Title Handicap Match for Extreme Rules. Then Nikki Cross went on and defeated Carmella. Then there was the first ever SmackDown Tag Team Championship Summit, which saw the New Day, Daniel Bryan and uh, Big Red, as I like to call him, and uh, Heavy Machinery all kind of trade verbal tats back and forth which I think Xavier probably won that one, but we can talk about that. In the triple threat match, Otis defeats Xavier and Daniel Bryan. Then in the main event, Roman Reigns defeats Dolph Ziggler after a stunner from the returning Kevin Owens. All right, guys, let's talk about it. What did you think of SmackDown? I think it's safe to say Kevin Owens can't get hurt. Uh, He can't go on vacation. If uh, Kevin Owens sneezes too hard, somebody needs to wipe his nose. That dude is, like, unstoppable. Yeah. That pipe bomb kind of made me a little nervous because I was thinking to myself, dude, I don't know if you're supposed to be saying all of that. Right. I don't know if you got some secret frustrations. Uh, it's just something about it is coming too close to home. And uh, I love the parking lot brawl. You know yeah. what that's reminiscent of. You know what that does for oh, me. Gosh. So I, I, I'm just... If, if all I got to see was Kevin Owens and he was the only thing on SmackDown and it was only a 25-minute show, I'd have been just fine. He was that good. Yeah. You know, let, let me say this. Uh, you know a show is good when you realize, oh, snap, I missed the first five minutes and the whole show is different. You know, Listen. he literally changed the trajectory of SmackDown in five minutes flat. Um, so shout out to him. And let me just say this. You know, people, and I'll start by saying I kind of hate where we are in the world of pro wrestling right now from this perspective and this perspective only. That we as fans, whenever we see something, the first thing we look to do is dissect it. Dissect it from the perspective of, you know, was that a shoot or was it a work? Uh, Who wrote that? Who's behind it? Instead of really enjoying what we got. And here's the deal. What we got last night, the reason it resonated is because it's real, right? Like, let's tell the truth. We all have sat here and said, man, the McMahons came on at the top of the year and told us that, hey, we're not doing a good job. And so we're going to do more of what you want. And then they turned around and gave us Shane McMahon. All of a sudden, as the best in the world, Shane McMahon is a tag team champion. Shane McMahon has a match now on virtually every pay-per-view. And Shane McMahon is calling himself the best in the world. And I'll say this, Kevin Owens, man, Kevin Owens went in. If you think about what he said last night, he dropped other wrestlers' names. He said that Shane McMahon is, I mean, it was heavy because it says Shane McMahon is taking TV time away from Apollo Crews. 
We've never heard that. I couldn't believe it. From Oscar, Liv Morgan. <laughs> he named all of these wrestlers who, if we're completely honest, have gotten little to no TV. We all have said, where's Oscar? Where's Kyrie Sane? Yep. Where are these people that are absolutely fantastic? And Kevin Owens suddenly became the champion of the locker room. And it is amazing. He also said something that I thought was intriguing. He said that in all of his years of wrestling, he would never call himself the best in the world because it is a slap to the face of all of the guys who break their necks day in and day out in the back. And, you know, I'll just say this. People could say what they want about it. Um, and I haven't even looked to see if people thought it was a work or not. I'll tell you this. He spoke from the heart. And as wrestling fans, we have sat back and everything we've said in these last few months, he summed up in about two and a half minutes. And um, I'll just say this. they cut The last time we saw them cut somebody's mic was CM Punk. Listen. So I, I thought GB to myself, this guy is not mentioning legends. Right. He is mentioning active mm-hmm. roster wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And when he started doing that, I thought to myself, oh, man, this sounds like whispers in dark corners. Yeah. Yeah. And KO said, F it. I'm going to just well, say Well, and here's the other funny thing. To see that that was followed by Corey Graves, who made this statement. He said a lot of guys are pissed off in the back. Now, that's something that WWE folks don't want people to know. They don't want people to know that it's not a happy working environment in the back. And Corey literally confirmed that. So the beauty to me is when you get these moments, and if we're honest, this is what made the the Monday Night Wars work. This is what made WCW for period work. This is what made even what your beloved Attitude Era work is when you started hearing real things. And that's clearly what we saw last night in the first few minutes of SmackDown, which absolutely changed. And here's the thing. People knew, oh, snap, he's not supposed to say that. That's real. You know? And what I thought was powerful was he took any mic he could get. So whether it was the mic in the house or what he said to the fans, which I thought was very strategic, that he dropped all of those names on television through the mics of the announcers. Like it was it was it was everything to me. It was it was everything. It's what we loved about talking smack. It's what we loved about it's just everything. Kevin Owens for president for crying out loud. <laughs> Courtney, man, what what'd you think of SmackDown? Kevin Owens is money. Yeah. The thing that I like about SmackDown is what happened on Twitter. When you have an Ali, right? Thanks, Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. You have Murphy. Thank you, Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. You have a Liv Morgan. Kevin Owens is the GOAT. Mm-hmm. Kevin Owens spoke out and said, well, we've had a tension with for quite some time. This is not the 90s. Yeah. This is not the evil Mr. McMahon. Mm-hmm. This is now Shane McMahon, who I actually love to see as an in-ring competitor once a year. Right. Right. I love him as a novelty act. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see him. How do you run into the lot and tell Kevin Owens, you're out of here, but then you're in there like trying to finagle matter in. It, it, it gets all convoluted. Yeah. So I think what happened on SmackDown is what's best for business. It had to happen. 
Shout out, and, and there was a person who could have done it. Kevin Owens, who is the renegade. I mean, not to talk any trash, to bring up old wounds, but we talked about Daniel Bryan being the darling of the indies. I think Kevin Owens is the mouthpiece of the indies. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And again, Kevin Owens isn't there for a check. Kevin Owens loves the business. And so he, you know, this is what he he's wanted to do since he was a kid. So this you know, at question. one point, go ahead. Is there a major difference between Dirty Dean and Kevin Owens? Let's see who'll be honest first. A major difference? Yeah. What can can you just feel the difference between the two? Well, I I, I will tell you this. I'll tell you that you will be biased. And say that there's a major difference, and I don't think there is a difference. I think I'm just asking. I think Dean Ambrose is Magic Johnson. Hmm? Oh, hmm. argue with that hmm. it, it, from the perspective of Magic Johnson spilling the tea. Uh huh. Hmm. Now we be quiet in these Laker streets. But no, I don't. I don't think so. That's an indictment on Magic. I don't ever see Magic as a quitter. Well, le- okay, let's be clear. Magic quit. Magic, Magic. First of Ma- all, Magic quit and didn't Magic even tell had the, to the, the resign, guys. Come wait, on. Wait, wait. He but quit. When, wait. He didn't even. Resignation means you hand in a letter. Wait, resignation wait, hold on, means hold on. you go and which, meet with somebody. Wait, which quit he are quit. we talking about? When, when are you talking about the quit? His first quit or his second quit? I'm sorry. I'm I thought y'all about, about the 90s. When he had to resign. Oh wow! Really? You gonna he go had to there? Resign. Oh my god! He had, let, let me If Magic had, no. if Magic could have, Magic could have made his announcement and then averaged fifty-five points. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, because nobody's gonna be on them tight like that. Y'all are terrible! Oh my gosh! Well, that's what Carl Malone said. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I can't even believe. How did we get here? How did we get here? Courtney baited me. Oh my! He baited me. So the, I took the bait. The question. Uh, it's a good question. I think, all day. I think they're different sides of the same coin. I think you know. First of all, I can't call Dean Ambrose, aka John Moxley, a quitter. John Moxley allowed his contract to run out, and he honored it until the end. Um, I think he really did. And, and I think where where a lot of us um, are are. Where bias comes in is our introduction for many of us was as Dean Ambrose, not as John Moxley. I think if we knew John Moxley and then we saw Dean Ambrose, we would say that he was a shell of his former self. Um, we never saw the hardcore uh, John Moxley as Dean Ambrose. We never saw that. Um, once he got out from under WWE, we got to see who he really was and what he really loved to do. Um, I think Kevin Owens is a guy who has always loved this business regardless of what uh, opportunities were in front of him. And he was never the guy to say, I'll play the corporate role just to keep my job. Um, The fact that he said what he said last night means that he loves this business. And it means that um, he loves the people in this business and that they should get an opportunity. And every person that he named is someone who, who has star quality attached to them buddy murphy gave us some of the best cruiserweight matches we've seen and ever since he got quote unquote called up he's not been on tv 
Asuka and Kairi Sane, two of the most amazing female superstars we've ever seen, get locked into a tag. Listen, if you had told me that they would be managed by Paige, they would sh they should automatically be the women's tag team champions. Instead, yeah, they're not on TV except for some random segment in the back. I mean, like, come on. You know, so it, it is it, Apollo Crews, who was incredible in NXT, highly touted superstar who's come over and has not gotten any sort of play. Yeah. So I think yeah. Kevin Owens didn't just make that up. That didn't just come off the, you know, that, that wasn't, let me just say, these weren't lines handed to him. He talked well, too well, fast and well, with too much. He talked too fast and with too much passion last night. For he, those who just they were handed to him, but who was he standing up for? Triple H. He's standing up for all the what? guys from NXT who've been buried. I agree. So I so so with that said, when that's a real feeling, you don't need a line for that. Right. Yeah. So 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 the line wasn't handed to him, but the same way you see, there's a certain segment with. When you say the name Dusty amongst older NXT veterans, they get the holy hush. Mm -hmm. The same thing happens with all NXT veterans when it comes to Triple H. Mm -hmm. So you have uh, Eric Bischoff taking over SmackDown, Paul Heyman taking over Raw, but Shane is getting all, and Shane calls up the best in the world, mm -hmm. uh, this moniker. Of course, the NXT guy's going to say, there's no way you're going to crap on our spiritual father, Triple H. Yeah. It's it's really interesting, and uh, I, yeah, I'll tell you what. This is gonna. This all gets very very interesting, leading into, of course, uh, Extreme Rules, which we've got an interesting conundrum on our hands because we're running out of time, and at the same time that we're running out of time, we've got predictions to do, um, and all of that. So we may have to do a separate episode with predictions because we've got three big events happening this weekend. Actually, technically four. So you've got um, AEW's Fight for the Fallen uh, that's happening Saturday. You have Evolve's 10-year anniversary happening Saturday. Both of those are airing at the same time, by the way. Um, the Fight for the Fallen is free on Bleacher Report Live. And you have, um, you have the Evolve anniversary happening on WWE Network, which is historic in and of itself. You've got... Uh, G1 Climax happening both Saturday and Sunday. And then on Sunday, you've got Extreme Rules. So literally five major pay-per-view events happening in two days. And no, it's not WrestleMania weekend. It's just another weekend in July, folks. That's Good the Lord. wonderful world of pro wrestling. So here's what I'll do. Um, we will do these predictions uh, at another time, hopefully, because I do think they are necessary to fall into our championship category. Uh, let me just give you an update on where we are with this title picture because things have just gotten very interesting after taking a look at what happened this weekend with Impact uh, and with the G1 Climax. So, anyone interested in how we're looking right now? I, I care if not, but go yes, ahead. Yes, you do. Uh, I've got to be close to the top. So, here it is. The G1 Climax. Um, Clack was one in five with his picks and the pick that he got correct was okada defeating uh tanahashi and then for impact uh i only counted six matches because one match was uh, was not advertised and then the second match which was a tag title match got changed to a triple threat match which none of us saw coming 
So Clack was one in five on impact. The one he got right was Eddie Edwards winning the first blood match. So that takes Clack uh, when you combine his work with NXT uh, TakeOver 25 uh, at seven and ten. That's where Clack is right now. Brilliant. Courtney, the current champion um, for Climax. G1 Climax, he came in at two and five. He correctly picked Bad Luck Fale winning his match and Okada winning his match. Um, but he got the other three incorrect. And for the Impact pay-per-view, he got two correct with Moose beating RVD and Taya Valkyrie retaining the women's championship. So he went two and five, two and four. That takes his total to 20 and 18 since Money in the Bank. Yours truly, uh, GB, came in at two and five for the uh, Climax. Yes, uh, he got the match right with he, as, it's, as if it's not me. Uh, Kenta uh, defeating uh, Kota Ibushi and Okada winning his match against Tanahashi. For uh, Impact, he went 3-3, three and three, picking Rich Swan correctly to retain the X Division title. Sami Zayn winning that, uh, Sami Zayn, Sami Callahan winning the intergender match and Eddie Edwards winning the first blood match. So that takes GB's total from Money in the Bank to 20 and 18. So basically, Courtney and GB are currently tied at 20 and 18. Clack is at 7 and 10. All the more reason why these events become very necessary because really, it's anybody's ball game. So hopefully, we can get another podcast in where we'll do those predictions. Um, well, it ain't anybody's ball game because I'm still the reigning champion. So Lily, I have to be dethroned. You will be. We've got we, nah. we have all of this, and we still have SummerSlam to come, and that's where the the second quarter or the second third of this will be finished. So, well, with that, we, shall see. we will indeed see. Uh, let's get out of here. Let's get uh, how you can reach out to us by way of social media, Courtney. At C Major Beard on Instagram or Twitter, Courtney Beard on Facebook. Let's talk. Clack. Brandon J. Clack on all the social media platforms. Talk to me soon. And of course, see you, Josh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you laid Josh out the other week. And poor Josh, I still don't think he's recovered. Uh, no. I don't think he's recovered. You can reach me at Bonnerfied on all aforementioned platforms. Follow us at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And a special happy birthday to one of our good friends and good followers, Michael Dixon. Is celebrating his birthday today so happy birthday to you mike thanks for your support of the faction and we want to hear from you guys who do you want to see walk away as the faction champion do you think courtney will retain do you think clack will take the title or do you think i'll take the title let's talk about that on social media and more until next time it's courtney it's clack it's gb and we are the faction 